You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Barron, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Barron's 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Tactical Kitchen Show, episode number 14. Oh, I can't believe it's 14 already. I did. I wasn't sure we'd last this long. <laughs> I wasn't either. But today we are going to be talking about, you know, a really delicate subject, but something that we feel like needs it needs to be talked about, and that's mental health and emotional well-being in regards to your diet. The ketogenic diet specifically, how we feel that it can help with your mental health and your emotional health. But... Before we get to that, we've had a really busy last couple of weeks. We've had a lot of awesome people on the podcast, and we just want to kind of say thank you to everyone for listening and for reaching out to us and for all of our guests for doing such a great job. Oh, they've been amazing. I've, I've learned so much from just interviewing some of these people. It's just been awesome. So if you've missed some of our previous podcasts, you need to go back and listen because we have had great guests. I know they've been on other podcasts too, but you might gather something different from our interview than you did from one of the other podcasts. Yeah, we have to go back and listen to our own podcast because while you're doing it, it's really hard to keep up because you're asking questions and, and you're hearing the answers and you're trying to think of how do I keep the conversation flowing. So sometimes, you know, you got to go back and listen to what they said because in the heat of the moment, you hear it and you're like, whoa, that's crazy. I've listened to the episode with Dave Feldman that we did like four times. <laughs> <laughs> I learned so much. Um, I, well, I will say I also listened to everyone else's multiple times too. I can't say just one. But um, then today we had a fun day. We did. We did a keto meetup over in Dallas at the Starbucks Reserve store, which we had been wanting to go to. Uh, it was great. And we had a little incident on the way. Oh, Yeah, we're going to talk about that, aren't we? So just FYI that keto is really great for so many things, but apparently it does not cure clumsiness. I tripped over my own clothing. There's nothing more fun than walking across the street and falling down and having everybody look at you. It's great. I had uh, I had a good time. It didn't. It hurt initially, and then we had the meetup, and we sat there for like two hours, just chewing the fat with our friends, and having some delicious coffee out of the Clover, which is my favorite way to get coffee at Starbucks. And if you don't like Starbucks, I'm sorry. I still like it. We got married at Starbucks, so. You they know, make great coffee. There are gr- other great coffees out there as well. We drink Black Rifle coffee. We drink Black Rifle home. coffee at home. Um, but when we go out, we like to go to Starbucks. And, and if we can find a Clover, we'll drink from the Clover. We will drink from the Clover. But after I tripped and fell on my own clothes, um, I thought, oh, it hurts a little bit to walk. But then by the time we had sat there, I needed to go to the restroom after having coffee and water. And when I went to get up, I forgot my phone to take it with me. And I thought I was going to have to scream for you to come get me out of the bathroom because I couldn't make it back. I was hobbling so much. Right now, I'm sitting with my foot ace bandaged up on a chair. 
And it's so swollen. I think I didn't break anything, I'm pretty sure, but I think I really um, hyperextended my pinky toe and it pulled a tendon and I can't put pressure on the ball of my foot. If you're an orthopedic person and you have advice for me, I'll take it. <laughs> the best part is to watch her hop around the house when she has to go to the bathroom. I'm getting so much exercise on my right leg right now because I'm doing single leg hops all through the house because we have no crutch. I tried I tried to use our Swiffer broom. Let me tell you that's a really bad idea <laughs> because it goes to slip right out from underneath you if you're not putting pressure. And I thought, well, I'll just go ahead and break another bone or something today while we're at it. We'll just have a fun, a Sunday fun day. Now, we, we always try to keep our podcast fun and light. We, we, we enjoy laughing and being upbeat. But this week, we're talking about stuff that we've seen in social media about the recent suicides. And that has what made us want to talk about the ketogenic diet and mental health because we think there there are ways to adjust your diet and to improve mental health. We, and we have our own stories to talk about. We do. Um like for you, being in the veteran community, we know that 22 veterans a day. So we are all too familiar with suicides. It happens all the time. And it's very difficult to be a part of a community and seeing these things happen. And, and also watching people in the downward spiral because you'll see, they'll see them over drink alcohol, which is, which is horrible for your brain. Right. And you'll see people who are, you know, in that state of depression. And I know it's all in the effort to help someone, but they'll be offered, hey, let's go get a drink together. And as a nutritionist, I look at that and say, no, because that's actually pulling the nutrients you need out of your body, which will help your mental health. So that part really, really, oh, keto train. It's the keto train. I'm sure you can hear it. We'll let it go by. But hop on the keto train. So Steve is really familiar with this because he's lost so many friends to suicide. People that he he knows and he's worked with. And then for me, the story hits home in my family. My mom's dad, my grandfather committed suicide. His brother committed suicide. Um, my ex-sister-in-law committed suicide. I have a lot of suicide in my family too and depression. So this isn't something that we're untouched by. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've probably been touched by a story of suicide in your own family or your own friends or even just someone you know. Maybe maybe it was someone who shocked you that was a celebrity. Like when Robin Williams died, that really shocked me. And that affects people. And I'm sure it affected some of you guys. It does. It, it affects millions of people. And... And what will happen, other people will feel like they don't have any hope. If that person who is a celebrity and had access to any care they wanted and had no uh, financial issues and it seemed to be everything going well, how are they supposed to make it? Right. I, I agree with that because I think it does, it does make people feel a little maybe more hopeless because, like you said, they have access to all these things that maybe someone else doesn't. And then you see that, well, they didn't make it. They didn't see... They didn't see a way out. And what we want to talk about today, we know that so many other factors contribute to someone's emotional well-being, whether it's, we're talking depression or whether we're talking excessive anger. All of these fall into the mental health umbrella, and it could be from one 
end of the spectrum to the other, and it still falls in that category of mental health. So, you you know, you're listening to this today, and you're like, well, how does keto play a role in mental health? And we want to we want to talk about diet, how it influences your your brain, and how it creates these things called neurotransmitters. Right. So your food is who you are. Basically, you've heard it a hundred times. You are what you eat. Well, your emotions are what you eat as well. And and we have seen that in our own house. Absolutely. So with uh, our son, who's 15 years old, and he has had some issues in the past with which attention deficit disorder. He did not do well in school, and he had to be removed because he was non-functional. He could not, not operate in a school environment because he could never pay attention. And even when he was homeschooled by Melody, he couldn't take a 10-question test without having an emotional outburst. Right. And and we had several times of um, he would have some excessive anger or he would cry. It would be, you know, it was just difficult sometimes. So we're not untouched by these things. And we had him looked at by a doctor who recommended that he take antidepressants. Yeah. And like anti-anxiety. Anti-anxiety. Those he, medication in general. They wanted me to take a medication. I can't recall the name of it. Yeah. But, you know, we said, no, we're not going to do that. And that's when we started really looking into diet. And let me tell you, it changed everything. He's a totally different person now. And he's a person you want to be around. So not only him, but also a person in one of our uh, our tactical keto group. Yeah. A friend of ours on in one of our groups on Facebook um, she just said when I when I posted that we were going to do this episode, she let us know that after two and a half months on a ketogenic diet, she went to the doctor. She is now off of her antidepressants, and she came off of Zyrtec, which you know Zyrtec is an allergy medication. And a lot of people might think, well, how do those two things go hand in hand? Well, we're going to get into that about how your digestion affects all these things. And so it was really awesome. So, you know, if you've heard of an SSRI, these selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, that's what we're kind of talking about today. We know there's a whole host of medications out there, but these seem to be things that we hear of a lot within clients or friends that are on things like Lexapro, Prozac, Zoloft, Celexa, all these different name brand medications. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to keep the serotonin in that intracellular gap between the synapses in your brain mm-hmm. just a little longer so your brain feels like it works better. So the intent is to, you know, make your your neurotransmitters work better. Yeah, it lasts a little longer, right? But the, the thing you have to understand is when you're taking these drugs, what they do is they block your absorption of the vitamins you need to make serotonin. This is where it gets really interesting, guys. So as we've talked about before in our episode three, we talked a lot about digestion. And some people might be like, well, I don't want to know about digestion. I just want to know about how keto can make me lose weight. Well, we know that everybody is like into losing weight, especially at summertime and all you guys that are listening, you might have some weight you want to drop. Keto goes so much deeper than that. This diet goes so much deeper than weight loss. And when we're talking about vitamins and nutrients and medications, so many medications pull these vitamins and nutrients out of your body that are required to make things like neurotransmitters. So we're going to talk about what those neurotransmitters are real quick in case you don't know what they are. 
And I'll be honest, until a few years ago, I didn't know what they were. I knew about serotonin and dopamine, but I didn't really think about any of the others. So here they are. GABA or GABA, either way you want to say it. Serotonin, norepinephrine, endorphin, and dopamine. Now, you've probably heard endorphins, but... Maybe you were like me, and you didn't really know that they were a neurotransmitter. You just thought that was something that you got when you ran a lot. <laughs> right, when you get out and do a six-mile run, and you, you're like, I'm creating those endorphins, and they make you feel better. That's they one do. of the things they do. Serotonin is the same thing. It makes you feel better. And you know, when you talk about you can, you can go run and create endorphins, to create serotonin, that has to happen in your gut. Yeah, it does. And so 95% of our serotonin is made in the gut. Where does that happen? What happens in your intestines? That's where the magic happens with serotonin. We're creating that in our gut, which is so interesting. And so what does that mean for you? That means that your gut health needs to be really good to make that serotonin. So in episode three, when we talked about digestion, we were, we were talking about how to, how to get optimal health through digestion. I mean, and th- today we're talking about how do you get optimal brain health for your digestion and how do you know if you're not digesting well so first of all those five neurotransmitters that we just named they create what we call a chemistry of emotion so to make this chemistry of emotion you obviously have to have these five guys right and to get that you have to be digesting well how you're not digesting can show up like this do you burp a lot after you eat do you have gas I know you guys like to flaunt the fact that you have gas, but let me tell you, I know it's fun for you, but it means something's not working right in your digestion. And that's something I didn't know for for my entire life. I thought gas was just a part of life. I thought it was a badge of honor. Well, yeah, it is a badge of honor too, as well as, you know, my poop. But I didn't know that, you know, if you're if you have a lot of gas, that that's a digestive issue. It is. So that means that something is fermenting for too long, causing a gas, or you have a bacteria that's causing a gas and putting off toxins in your gut, and it's creating a gas, whether it comes out the back end or the mouth, either one. We don't want a lot of gas. That's a problem. If you have acid reflux or indigestion, this is a a good sign that you're not digesting well. If you know that you have an autoimmune disease... Things like that will let you know that at some point in your life, proteins have not been digested well and have caused that leaky gut, which has then led to this immune response, which has turned into an autoimmune disease. And that's really what where it comes from. And how are we going to look at digestion and maybe correct it? That's going to be one of the big questions here. So what do you do if you're sitting there and saying, I have all these issues, and sometimes I'm real moody. <laughs> well, the, a couple of things, just you know, from my perspective, that that will inhibit good digestion. One is smoking. If you smoke, you don't digest well. So, no. you know, that's something you're going to have to have to try and fix. Uh, the overconsumption of alcohol. Right. If you if you're consuming too much alcohol, you're not digesting your food well. Uh, also, drinking too many carbonated beverages around mealtime. Yes, I was doing that, y'all. I was drinking those LaCroix like they were going out of style. And I was drinking them with my meal. And all of a sudden, I started having major heartburn and acid reflux. And I was like, I'm eating all the right foods. What's going on? And it even took me as a nutritionist 
a couple of times of having that happen before I pieced the, my own puzzle together and said, it's this carbonation with my food, carbonated drinks, lower stomach acid, or make it inadequate. It raises the pH, and therefore I'm not digesting my food well, and I'm getting this buildup of acid that comes up into my esophagus and where it's not supposed to be. And I had to fix that. So those simple things that inhibit digestion can lead to you down the road having things like depression. Because if you're not digesting your food well, you're not making serotonin, it's not getting to your brain. So you could have symptoms of depression. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the big things along with those you know, external factors are just the stress. Eating in a hurried and stressful state and never getting in that parasympathetic, restful state to digest your food. Because when you're stressed, you're releasing cortisol. Cortisol shuts down the production of stomach acid, the secretion of that stomach acid. So then when you go to sit and you're all stressed out and you try to eat, your food's not going to digest well. Then these neurotransmitters are all made of amino acids. And they require some key vitamins that we're going to get into in just a second. But they're all made of amino acids. And you have to digest your proteins to be able to create these neurotransmitters. Right. you got to get the, the vitamin B complex vitamins, basically, out of your food. Absolutely do. Like B6, which it's so funny. You mentioned alcohol and smoking and some of these other things. Those are all things that deplete B6 out of our system. And these medications we're talking about. And additionally, now we're talking about a ketogenic diet, so you also have to know that the overconsumption of carbohydrates will inhibit your absorption of vitamin B. It will. It will It will definitely. What, what's interesting is that if you eat a lot of sugar and carbs, you actually decrease your stomach acid that way too. So you have an inadequate environment to digest these proteins and fats because you don't have the proper amount of stomach acid. Because in case you missed our episode three, all your carbohydrates are digested or broken down rather in your mouth through chewing. That's where magic happens for those. Then they don't really do a lot anywhere else until they get to the colon and they get into that large intestine and then they ferment as a last ditch effort trying to extract any of the B12 and K2 and all these things out of them and short chain fatty acids. But if you don't chew them up well, you're not gonna get those nutrients out. And then if your gut bacteria is way off, you're still not gonna get those nutrients. And then you might have some things like depression, anxiety, one of the big things that with B6 deficiency is if you guys can ask yourself this question right now, do you sleep and then wake up and remember your dreams? If you don't remember your dreams when you wake up, then that is a clear sign of B6 deficiency. So how do we get B6? Well, you're going to get B6 through where you get most of your B vitamins, which is from animal protein foods. It is. I love this answer because I love this fact. You get to eat meat. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's a, a lot of the, the cold water fish have the vitamin B. Is that vitamin D? Uh, you can get vitamin D from egg yolks and fish. Yeah, we, we're going to talk about vitamin D too and, and then how necessary that is for carrying these neurotransmitters into cells. 
when we talk about things that inhibit digestion, uh, the person in our group that I was talking about earlier, the thing that she did, she's only been doing keto for about two and a half months. Yeah. And she came off her her allergy medicine and has is coming off of her antidepressant medicine. Just two and a half months doing keto. Yeah, so it doesn't take long to change this stuff. You can literally change your digestion in two to three days. Like, it takes no time. You can start working on it today. It can be totally different tomorrow. And you can start absorbing nutrients better. And you'll notice such a difference in how you feel both physically. Like, she feels great. She's always talking about it now. But emotionally as well, which I think it's so cool that we can connect all of this food and emotion because I don't know about you guys, but I know a lot of people who've gone to the doctor, all they said was, I'm feeling a little sad and depressed, and they got handed a prescription. Nobody said, hey, what are you eating? They just get handed this prescription for a drug that is really going to deplete them further, and I think that is a travesty. Well, a lot of people, if you tell them, if they say they're having some problems or they're depressed and you ask them, well, what do you eat? You really get a blank stare. Yeah, because Be- nobody really seems to connect the two. How could, and, and it's hard for me to understand how you don't connect the food that you're eating and how you feel. It is hard to connect. I think that's because we feel so doggone good now and we did feel like such crap. <laughs> we, we did. And I, in the past, I had some post-traumatic stress disorder, some anxiety that I was dealing with. Okay, let me just say, Steve would get up in the middle of the night, and he would clear our house. That, that is a sign of PTSD. When you wake up in the middle of the night, well, you wake up hypervigilant, and you think either someone's coming to get me, or uh, somebody is in the house. And I did that for years. Right. It, and it was not until we really went ketogenic that that anxiety went down, that I didn't have to do that anymore. And that's just, what's crazy is you started getting the right nutrients, you started absorbing them better, and then you made those neurotransmitters that created your chemistry of emotion. I, I, I think that it uh, might be a really high-level overview of what's happening here, but we want to keep it simple, mm-hmm. and we want to let you guys know that you can totally change this with food, and you did. We did. And what are a couple tips to do before you eat so you can just... Uh, get your digestion working better. Okay, my favorite non-food tip, my favorite non-food tip is when you sit down to eat, I don't care where you're at, close your eyes and take five deep breaths. What it does, it resets your nervous system and puts you in a parasympathetic state. Mm -hmm. I know that we do that. We practice that at our home. We sit down. We don't do it every single time, but we try to remember to do that, and it makes such a difference. Just pausing before you eat to be grateful for your food. It's a really good yeah. practice. If you're a, re- a religious person, that's maybe a prayer. If you're not a religious person, take the deep breaths. Do whatever it is that gets you in that calm state. It's so important because you turn on those digestive fires. But two of my easy, easy tips that we do all the time are either adding apple cider vinegar or lemon juice to some water and drinking that 15 minutes before you eat or, you know, drinking it a few minutes before you eat. You don't have to time it. It's not like rocket science on that. But it does stimulate your gastric secretions, all those, I like saying secretions because it sounds like some kind of weird animal. So it it stimulates (laughs) your gastric juices to flow, which is what you want. And then if you want to take it a step further, if that doesn't seem to help, 
then maybe you are really deficient in hydrochloric acid and you might want to step up and get something called a digestive bitter. And we use that. So, so we use digestive bitters. I call it Jägermeister because initially <laughs> yeah. when I first put it in my mouth, I'm like, this tastes like Jägermeister. I've never had Jägermeister, so I don't know what that tastes like. I know. I'm, I'm a lightweight baby. I did not drink that. And... Um, but it does taste very, it, it's an alcohol based. There are some that are not alcohol based. And um, I would caution anyone who is pregnant to be careful, just herbs. So you want to look and make sure there's no contraindications if you're pregnant. And you can find the one that we really love at, uh, it's called Urban Moonshine. And I love the name of it. And they work really great. They work for stimulating your gastric juices. They also help with the mucosal lining of your stomach, and they're they're gentle but effective, and they also really work if you start having heartburn and you didn't catch it, like with upping your hydrochloric acid before you ate, you can pop some of this uh, liquid in your mouth and let it sit on your tongue and then swallow it, and it really alleviates heartburn very quickly and gas and bloating yeah very quickly uh, and it works very well so if you don't have any digestive bitters you know get some try them out they help out a lot now some people need to go a step further and they might need an actual hydrochloric acid supplement and they might need to supplement with b6 so these things you might want to work with a practitioner to see where you're at and because most doctors aren't going to test hydrochloric acid um, if you go in and say, I have heartburn, nine times out of 10, probably 10 times out of 10, they're going to offer you an antacid or some sort of like acid blocker, which is going to make the problem so much worse. Most people are not producing too much stomach acid. If you are, you are a rare outlier. Most people are deficient in stomach acid and we, we grow more and more deficient as we get older. Um, that stomach acid level just becomes even le- more, you know, less adequate, if you want to say it like that. Right. And, um, we supplement sometimes with hydrochloric acid. We we will look and say, okay, we're having a big steak, so we might want to supplement a little bit more. We want to make sure we get all the bang out of that steak that we can. We want to make sure we're digesting those proteins. Um, so those are some tips. If, if you have nothing else, as you're listening to this, just do the five deep breaths. See what happens. Well, and you know, if you're looking at the ketogenic diet, then you're looking at whole food. And that's another step in the direction of, of getting better at digestion. Because you're, when you're eating real whole foods, you're eliminating sugar, refined processed foods. Uh, you're going to digest that and get more nutrients from that food anyway. Yeah. So that's going to help, you know, just jumpstart and you'll feel it in your brain. A lot of people that go keto, they will tell you that one of the biggest things they notice right off the bat is a mental clarity. And what's great about that is sometimes maybe they're not equating that with how their emotional well-being is. But how many people will tell you they feel so much happier? They feel so much happier because ketones are mood lifting. They make you feel almost euphoric, especially if you're someone that's had a past brain event or you've been on a poor diet for a very long time. And as you age, your brain doesn't use glucose very well anymore. And glucose is a brain fuel, but the primary fuel for the brain is ketones. 
And if you've never had it and you start eating a ketogenic diet and all of a sudden your body starts making ketones, boom, the lights come on and you're like, I'm a rock star. Yeah. And I think it's so great because typically you've removed all that processed food and the things that downregulate your your digestion. Mm -hmm. And you start killing off all the bad bacteria in your stomach because, guys, if you have some sort of bacterial overgrowth or yeast or candida, things like that going on in your body, those things love carbohydrates. And when you take them out, they're going to die. And you might have a little bit of funky die-off or a healing reaction. Um, So those are things where you would want to maybe get someone to assist you with that so you know what's going on. But as you do that, you're going to start feeling better and better because your digestion's just going to work awesome. Now, we talk about B vitamins and uh, digestion. If you're if you're eating a keto diet, what are you looking at to eat that are really will make help you get those B vitamins? Well, the B vitamins, you know, I mean, you know, we love this. We're looking at meat, guys. We're looking at animal products, animal foods. We're talking eggs, beef, chicken, organ meats, lamb, all the good stuff. So it's really difficult to get your B vitamins from plants. It is. And that's the thing. Like, to get B vitamins, let's say B12, for instance, you can make B12 in your large intestine from leafy greens. You can get it out of there. It has to make it down to your large intestine, and you have to ferment it, and it has to create the pull out the B12 from those leafy greens. That is a, a little more of a difficult task than getting the protein and getting it directly just eating from the, the protein. Eating the meat that has bioavailable B12, B12 yeah. in it already yeah. instead of B6. having to ferment. Yeah. So B6 is an interesting one, though, because it is crucial for these neurotransmitters. And it's here's, some, here's just some signs and symptoms of a B6 deficiency. Yeah, it would be definitely depression. Uh, difficulty recalling those dreams like we talked about a second ago. Insomnia, so if you can't sleep. Mental stress. I know I just called everybody's number there and read everybody's mail. Who's not stressed, right? Nervousness. And sometimes that's that nervousness that you just can't identify. There's no reason to be nervous. You're just nervous. That's that I'm troubled on the inside. Maybe I'm calm on the outside, but I don't know why I feel this way. Um, Ladies, premenstrual syndrome and that premenstrual... uh, dysphoria disorder that's like supposed to be worse than premenstrual (laughs) premenstrual syndrome so if you have a lot of difficulty with your cycle this could be just a sign that you really need a b vitamin supplement you need to look at that and get some good quality proteins make sure you're digesting them and your mood is going to just change it's going to change for the better right get a a really good vitamin b complex uh, supplement and you'll notice the change immediately Oh, absolutely. And then another thing that I think we wanted to talk about is we wanted to talk about vitamin D Mm -hmm. and how important vitamin D is. So I just read a, uh, I just read most of the article on the internet. So you're pretty much an expert. So I'm pretty much an expert now. Now it was saying that 70% of the people in the United States are are vitamin D deficient. And that's a big problem because vitamin D, and you can speak more of of this, is not so much a vitamin as a hormone. It is, and here's an here's an interesting melody fact. Um, when we first started keto, we were keto for about six months, and we went to the doctor. We had our blood work done, and mine came back, and I was I was 
told, hey, you're vitamin D deficient, and so we're sending you in a prescription, and um, we want you to take this. I was like, cool, okay, I'll take your vitamin D, and you're a doctor, you probably know best. So I did look at it, I was deficient, I got the um, supplement, and I, I looked at it, and it was vitamin D2, which was really interesting to me that the doctor prescribed me a, a very hard-to-absorb form of high-dose vitamin D. And so I was like, ah, I don't want to take that. So I take an emulsified vitamin D3. My vitamin D is great, and it does make a difference. But if you're going to be told, you know, if someone tells you, hey, you're vitamin D deficient, you need to really be cautious about the type of vitamin D. D that you take. You want vitamin D3, not vitamin D2. And so since 70% of you are vitamin D deficient, this (laughs) is a really good note for you to take down. And and the reasons we are so vitamin D deficient is because we wear sunblock. We've been told to stay out of the sun because it causes skin cancer. Um, You know, we just uh, just don't get out in the sun enough because that's where it gets made. As your skin absorbs the sun, it produces vitamin D. And that's why they call it more of a hormone than a vitamin because it's produced by your body. Right. And, you know, a lot of times people are scared to get out in the sun because they're afraid of that cancer aspect. But if you guys are probably an educated audience and you probably know that now the evidence is coming out that the sunscreen is actually what causes skin cancer. There's a lot of bad things in sunscreen. And there's a lot of chemicals that you don't really want in or on your body you know, you're, then you're taxing your liver, and that's just a other, another whole ball of wax there. But the crazy thing is that we've noticed personally is that as we took out sugar and carbohydrates, like Steve would burn. I'm, I'm a fair-skinned guy. And, and you've had skin cancer. And I've had skin cancer removed, and I'm, I am a fair-skinned guy. And I had to—I always put on sunblock before I went out, and I would still get sunburned, and I would still have sun issues— and but since we've been keto, this is something really that's been awesome. And we've talked to other you know keto people about this. Is that I'm able to stay out in the sun much longer than in the past using zero sunblock, and I don't get sunburned. Now I'm not talking about I'm out in there all day out in the sun. I'm smart about it. I don't I don't stay out in the sun all day, but I make sure I get sun and I do not wear sunblock. Yeah. So last last Wednesday, for example, when we went to the track. We were out there. He had some guys who were late, so he had to stay longer. We had to stay out there longer. It was hot. It was sunny. And we're on a track that's black, you know, so you're... And we're sweating. It's very hot. And we were out there for a good hour and a half, at least, out in the sun. Normally, Steve would have been pretty red. His ears would have been red. His face would have been all red. And I looked at him. I was like, you look totally normal. You don't look lobstery. And I think that's so cool because sugar and carbs cause your skin to react different in the sun. Right. And if people are telling you that the sun causes skin cancer, you need to really think about that. (laughs) Because if that was the case, then I'm not sure how we made it as a species. Yeah, that would be a question mark, wouldn't it? Yes, absolutely. Big question mark. So this is anecdotal for us, you know, and maybe you have your own story and you can share that with us. But we do know that a lot of other people have reported the same kind of phenomenon that they can now stay out in the sun a lot longer. It's just super interesting. Right. And, and, and again, we're, we're talking about getting vitamin D, so that's why we're talking about sun exposure. So get out, get some sun exposure. You know, don't overdo it. If, if you have concern about 
skin cancer like I do. Um, I really don't anymore, though. My skin feels so much better. But don't slather on the sunblock. That's just kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean... I would. I'm. I'm a big no on the sunblock. I never wear sunblock ever, ever. Um, but we are smart about it. We are smart. We about don't it. go lay out on a black shiny. I don't know. We don't go lay out on foil out in the sun. And no, try to I don't. Ourselves. I don't slather myself in baby oil and lay out in the sun. No, we don't do that. Baby oil is gross. I slather myself in baby oil and run around the house. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> he has done that. Um, so vitamin D. <laughs> is so important and that's because you you need to get out in the sun first of all the sun makes you feel happy yes again and we're talking about depression here and anxiety anxiety and all that stuff so getting getting sun without wearing sunblock now you make vitamin d you're going to feel happier you are and vitamin d is super important to transport these neurotransmitters so I read an article so on psychosis. The, all the, all of it or just half of it? I read half of it, so I'm only half <laughs> of an expert. So, no, I did. I read a bunch of stuff, uh, a bunch of um, different research papers on vitamin D and the link between vitamin D deficiency and the onset of psychosis and the beginnings of schizophrenia or full-blown schizophrenia and how that um, there was one really interesting research paper that I read. It was just a... a it might have just been, that was an article. Um, it was a 16-year-old boy taken into an institution because he was, he had all the emotions. You know, when we say all the feels, this boy had all the feels. He was angry. He was crying. He was irrational. He was violent, but then he was depressed. So he was all over the, all over the place. Well, they tested him. They found out that his vitamin D was just in the floor. It was just on the floor level. He had no vitamin D. And that's an issue with our kids today. Right, they don't get outside they don't the sun. get outside. They're not eating nutritious foods. Parents, come on, give your kids some egg yolks. They need it. Yes. Some cold water fish. Save the yolks. Save the yolks and feed them to your babies. We need that. And get, get out in the sunlight and make your kids get off electronics. I know that's a hard thing to do, but let's, let's all get off of our electronics and get out in the sun in the morning and get some sunshine. But this kid, they started supplementing with vitamin D. And within two days, his symptoms were starting to go away. Within two weeks, he had no more he, like he had no more depressive symptoms, and his mood was regulated. I mean, that's a very severe shift in someone's mental and emotional well-being. So when we start talking about food being the connection with the depression, now. You know, the celebrities this last week, we know that both of them were heavy drinkers. So smokers, heavy drinkers. Uh, I think Anthony Bourdain, I, I read a, a quote from him that says, your body is not a temp- temple, it's a, a circus. It's a circus. Oh, See, as a chef, I just loved Anthony Bourdain. I was a little disturbed by his death. Um, but, you know, I'm honestly, he lived fast and he lived hard and he, you know, he enjoyed his life. But he did a lot of things that were, he ate a lot of great food. I will say that as a chef, the man got to travel and eat so much good food, but he probably wasn't absorbing the proper nutrients. And when you smoke and you drink often, which he did drink often. Yeah, you're depleting those vital nutrients that make these good neurotransmitters. And then things like depression can start creeping in. And then it is this loop that you can't get out of. 
because now you're taking an antidepressant you're still drinking alcohol so you're still depleting now your antidepressant is depleting those nutrients and then you feel worse and it's it's that same cycle as addiction it's that addiction cycle it's just like that you get in the loop and you can't get out so what has to happen for you to get out you guys got to start working we all have to work on our digestion it, it will just better the world. We'll all be happier people. Now, and the reason we keep saying saying digestion is you got to have you got to have the B vitamins. You got to have the vitamin D. You got to have all those working together to really have your brain fire correctly. Now, and we don't think that you know digestion is the the end all be all, and that's the cure for uh, depression or schizophrenia. It is there's a 360 degree approach to depression. Okay, so it works on developing your relationships, uh, maybe adopting meditation, uh, all the kinds of other things. We got, right. some, we got some crazy people outside yelling in our house. We're not sure what's going on. I think it's your aunt yelling at her dog. Oh, gosh. Her dog got over here. Now her dog's probably pooped in our yard, and what will happen is we'll have to watch Luke like a hawk because he'll go roll in I'm it. He'll go roll in poop. He'll go roll in it, yeah. So there's your fun piece of information. Um, you know, I... I do think that there are so many other things, and we said that at the beginning. There's so much that goes into mental health and our emotional well-being, like you said, relationships and uh, it, and trauma. People have trauma. You know trauma. Oh, uh, you know, everybody has trauma. I'm not. I'm not gonna put mine out there or play it up like it's worse than anyone's else. Uh, everybody has it. Because here, here's a little tip for everyone: we're all gonna die. Everybody you know is going to die, so your loved ones are going to die. So we all have tragedy. You can't get away from it. It's just how you can cope and deal with it is what sets you apart. And again, if you're not eating a healthy diet and you're not absorbing all your nutrients, then you're going to have a harder time dealing with tragedy or trauma than anyone else. You know, the interesting thing about what you just said is that those neurotransmitters, there's there's a, a... a thread that runs, a common thread that runs through all of them. And it's how we perceive things in the world and how we react. They, they govern that. They, if we have those neurotransmitters working correctly in our brain, when tragedy does strike or we do have some sort of trauma, it does help us to cope and to deal with those things more effectively because when you see the world as hopeful and you can see that you can make different kinds of decisions it's just how it's like the the glasses that you view you know we talked to i think was it Ronnie Millsap that sang rose colored glasses <laughs> am i aging myself right I'm there i'm not sure who did it but you yeah you know i don't remember who it was it was somebody I'm I'm embarrassed I don't remember. I'm embarrassed that I don't remember as a child growing up in the 70s and 80s. So my dad would be so disappointed in me right now for not knowing that. But it does help how you view the world, having good digestion, the proper diet that you are digesting and absorbing well, and forming these good neurotransmitters that help you to deal with all of these things, whether it's your own tragedy, or just when you hear about a tragedy. A lot of people get really torn up just hearing about someone else's tragedy. And I've seen that and witnessed that in people. And, um, you know, this just helps us all to be more vibrant people, uh, more joyful people, so that we can go out and make a difference in the world. 
Now, if, if you're listening to this, most of you that are listening are probably either doing a keto diet or you're eating healthy. So you might have might not have these issues, but you might know somebody that does. And how do you approach somebody that you feel might be depressed and say, hey, ha- have you thought about your diet? Most of the time, they're going to be offended. Yeah, that's a very, very personal subject. It's very touchy. And most, and most people, first off, won't believe you that they can change their diet and feel better. They think that they have to take a medication or right. or they need to see a, a, a therapist, which and, I, I think I think seeing a therapist is a great idea. And we're not discounting all the medications. Sometimes this is really necessary to kickstart someone, but you have to know what different nutrients should be supplemented while on those medications so that you don't become more depleted and caught in that vicious cycle. Right. So if you if you have those issues and you need our help, please reach out. We'll be more than happy to help you uh, approach anyone or come up with a uh, a dietary protocol to help someone who you think is dealing with depression. Absolutely. Or you know, and like I said, the whole gamut of emotional well being. It could be it could be anger management. That's also another side of this whole coin. There's a lot of mental health issues to deal with out there. So and we think diet could help with just about every one of them. Exactly. So we don't want you to feel like we're preachy on this or this is just a really tough subject to talk about. Um, We just we started to record it once and I was like, I I feel like I'm just over teaching what the transmitters, neurotransmitters are. So this has been a difficult one for us. So if you, you know, have any questions, like Steve said, you can reach out to us. But please understand this comes from an area of our heart where we want to see people get better and we don't want anyone to have to experience these tragedies anymore and especially if it's something that can help as simple as having the right diet and digesting and absorbing those nutrients better. That's such a simple fix and I know it sounds simple and it's not all meant to be simplified down to that. We, like we said, we know there's other factors but this is a great jump-off jump point. You know, this is a great launch pad to start bettering our mental and emotional health. We've seen it work in our own life. Right. So we hope that uh, it can work in yours as well. And that's why we're here. We're here, we're here to help. We're here to share the, our stories and hopefully uh, make you guys a bit better. So next, uh, one of our next podcasts, I'm not sure if it'll be next week, but coming soon, we are going to be sharing a super personal it's another keto train keto train going to fat town i guess we're going to fat town yeah <laughs> carrying protein carrying protein uh, to fat town fat. um so coming up soon we're going to have a very personal story that we're going to have on this podcast and one of our sons is going to be on here as a guest and just so you know we've been touched by not only depression and suicide but we've had our fair share of dealing with drug addiction and all kinds of addiction. And we're going to have him as a guest because he's used keto to very effectively deal with his depression. To I mean, speed I'm recovery. Sorry, deal with his drug addiction and to speed the recovery of drug addiction. And he's done it with such great success. I, I asked him if he would be willing to share his experience and his story. So, We want to let you know that's coming up. And we know a lot of people are dealing with addiction, all kinds of addiction, whether it's drugs, alcohol, or uh, other non-substance issues. 
And this goes back to another thing where it, it falls in that same category. Diet matters. Absolutely, 100% when you're dealing with all of these mental, emotional, and addiction issues. So, do you have anything else you want to leave the good people with? I think we've covered enough for this week. We've chewed their fat enough. We've chewed all the fat. (laughs) We've chewed all the fat. Um, So, you guys, until next time, just eat fat and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.